Joel here with Backwards Brothers, and I'm here with my man, Tony. And uh, as you see today, we're a little bit more relaxed. We're calling it Backwoods Metro. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're outside of Portland, Joel, so yeah, yeah. we can go Metro well, today. We're, we're actually just outside somewhat. I mean, it's we, we do have our, our studio in the garage. So are you saying it's cold in here? Yes, it's cold. Baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> we need some heaters. Yes. So guys, if you come across some heaters and you want to send it to us, Good, do it. <laughs> or they, they, they can just, you know, support us by merchandise. So That's can true. buy heaters. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. So at backwardsbrothers.com, you can find merch. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and then we can buy heaters, and we won't be like this in about a month. Hi, guys. Plus, it's a little bit cold because we don't have anybody in between us until later. <clears throat> oh, yes, we do have a special guest uh, showing up today. Yes. Um, to talk about our subject, which is... Slavery. Uh, not just any slavery. It's We're going to talk about more of like a modern-day slavery. A modern-day slavery. Yeah. But before that, I was going to mention something to you about the current news. Um, but before I do that... I also, you know, guys, we love your feedback. So get on. We always say this and interact with our producer, Brandy. And by the way, we want to give a shout out to uh, George, who's just doing some awesome stuff with family tonight. Um, and uh, so definitely get online. Yeah, uh, the other thing, like, share, and subscribe. Do yes, all please this. do. And uh, definitely the share part. Invite a friend. We'll sit down, throw some popcorn up on, in, in the bowl, and watch the show tonight. I don't know if anybody cares, but I do. And I know you do. But look. Yes. Ah! Yes, we actually have a, a case that's back from the cleaners. Case back from the cleaners. Yes. And, it looks um, great. Yeah, I, I think I got it dirty after there. Though <laughs> you can see little spots in there. I, I was touching it. You're talking about the glass? Yeah. It makes it look authentic. <laughs> yeah. Why are these up here? Just um, to give well, some context. Yeah, just just to kind of, for those who may not have seen the show yet, um, or when this was up here, uh, we put these up. This was actually for the 13 um, fallen soldiers recently, and the last 13 fallen mm -hmm. in Pulling I, out Afghanistan. Out of Afghanistan. Yeah, um, when uh, Mr. Biden's horrible uh, mm -hmm. leadership uh, mm -hmm. cost them their lives. Um, and then uh, we added a 14th a little while later. And the, the 14th is actually for all of the fallen law enforcement, uh, enforcement officers mm -hmm. who actually are fighting a battle, but on their own home front. Yes. They don't get a fight overseas and come back. They're fighting it here. Yep. And now that, that you know, we don't have our presence in the Middle East to stop that, I've, I'm hoping that it doesn't come back here, but I'm feeling it's, it's going to. It's so. interesting because the guy that we had here, Tommy, you should check him out on some of the videos that are our previous videos. Uh -huh. uh, he fights that battle every day in Portland. And did you know I saw in the news a couple of days ago how Portland was pleading now. Portland residents are pleading for police officers to come and to save them from this gun violence that's happening every single day there. What do you think is supposed to happen when you pull well, the police you, out? You know what? Do you know if they're pleading for it? Maybe yeah. when they go to vote next time, they'll vote in some Republicans who are pro-law enforcement. Yeah. Um, that might be a simple solution. And then guess what? Then when the police have the right backing of their of the, the mayor and the council and guests and all that, then they're going to have law enforcement that wants to come back and work for them. But when there's a belief that the police officers and, and their history uh, has been, quote, known to enslave black people, by the way, um, the left will not definitely want the police force back because it symbolizes a slavery or a, uh, a, um, a marginalization, I can't say it right, marginalization of certain people. Well, I so, mean, and it, they're going to get what they're going to get then. It's because it's, yeah. if they, at the left, you, can't, can't, you can't have, you know, want the law enforcement there, but yet not want the law enforcement there. It's, or want some, certain parts or want to, you know. Yeah, yeah. You, you either get law enforcement or you don't. Law enforcement is enforced. Yeah. And sometimes enforcement requires there to be a gun and a big stick. Unfortunately, that's part of law enforcement. Why would but, you want law enforcement when you can get a counselor to do that? Oh, yeah. I'd like to see a, a counselor go and, uh, you know, disarm a guy with a gun. De-escalation tools. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, um, I mean, as a counselor, it, it, sometimes if, there is, if someone's hyped up on, on, on a meth, can you, can you really de-escalate with them? Well, can I conflate a story? Sure. Um, so the Texas shooting at a school this week. 
Uh, this kid was in a classroom and he took out a gun, which I don't know how he got through, but he took out a gun and shot for three of his friends because of bullying. Well, I don't um, think he called them friends. But. Uh, yeah, well, they wouldn't call them friends, but they were his former friends. And uh, somehow bullying came out of the reason why he handled that situation. So um, there were no counselors there to de-escalate that situation that escalated so fast. Exactly. And that's the thing is that Sometimes things escalate so fast, you just, you, you can't, even law enforcement isn't even there. But, yeah, you know, the, the thing is, law enforcement does get a lot of uh, de-escalation training. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think uh, during a uh, city council meeting, one of the chief of police for the city of Estacada had actually said that they do that um, at least once a month. They go into additional training for, like, you know, uh, mental uh, mental health issues and for de-escalation and uh how to fix verbal altercations, and basically how how to avoid violence in any way possible. They go through that on a normal basis. Right. They do have some DEIC training too, as well. Uh, yeah, they, they they go through that too on a normal basis. It's because they they understand that, that there's that piece of it, and not mm-hmm. every law enforcement can be a counselor. Yeah. But at the same time, not every counselor wants to go out. I don't know about you. Do you want to go as a counselor? Do you want to go out to a guy that has a gun or a guy that has a knife and be out there? It's just you, no law enforcement, no one with a gun, because you know they they've they defunded all that. Yeah. Do you want to go and try to de-escalate that, or maybe a uh, an armed uh, an armed situation where someone's having a uh, domestic issue? I want to know from the audience what they think about that. But I personally, Joel, in answer to your question, I want to be the second responder. I don't want to be the first responder because you have to stabilize the person, establish some safety. Even first aid training tells you that. Mm-hmm. You had first aid training. You have to, when there's a crisis, you want to make sure the area is clear. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure people are, are things are stabilized or people are stabilized before the emergency technicians can go and work on that scene. If I'm the one first on that scene and people are running around everywhere and it's a crisis point, that's not a good time for counseling. Uh, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean that, that's not a good time for much of anything except for just trying to control the situation. Control the situation. And once you control the situation, then you can bring in a counselor. I think it's a great idea to have counselors on, on staff with the law enforcement that can be called in to de-escalate a situation if there's time to bring them in. Yes. So that's the thing, if there's time. Well, and notice I said as a secondary, because you do. I mean, counselors have their place in crisis situations. They're crisis counselors. Mm-hmm. But uh, while the crisis is in play, it's probably the, not the best time to do that. I, think, I can't talk to you if you're really upset, can I? Well, no. You, you, you know, I was saying that, but you know they actually do have psychologists on most police departments, especially larger ones? Actually, the one we talked to, Tommy, he has a lot of knowledge of that well not just that do you, do you know that yeah uh, a lot of um a lot of the hostage negotiations go through a lot of psychological training and sometimes you absolutely have, uh like doctors. clergy sometimes yeah well also doctorates in that and they yeah. also, also have clergy too yeah yeah uh there's lots of uh what are they called what do they call uh, <laughs> a uh, uh da, 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 da. not clergy you said clergy in my head i can't get down now <laughs> right. it's, it's 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 the uh when it's the the Chaplain. Chaplain. Hey, That's producer. right. Thank you. Hey. <laughs> hey. You, you know, your wife is there for you in season and out of season. There you yes. go. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they have chaplains. chaplains so. But yeah. um, I was mentioning earlier about um, the board, uh, the, 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 uh, the, excuse me, the war yeah. being over in Afghanistan, but also being home. Right. I heard but you. Let's, let's yeah. talk a little bit about the war on the border. There's a war on the border, and the war recently there there there's there's an all out shooting war on the border. Yeah, but Kamala and, Harris hasn't been down yet. Oh yeah, yeah, she hasn't come. She hasn't been down there. She's right? talking to kids. Yeah, she's talking paid to paid actors, <laughs> kids who have to demand pay to come see her. Yeah. <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> I, I, yeah, well, I think I you think, can see craters with your eyes. Don't figure. You guys got to watch that. It's so funny. Uh, Kamala, yeah, you, you got you got to wonder. You know yeah. what what what's she doing? Why is she not dealing with the actual issues we have? Because she's I mean, reading the paid actors. But here's the thing: is you you, know, you got the same thing with 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 Biden. He ain't doing it either. So right, the whole right. the whole Biden uh, Harris White House is a complete disaster. Yes, and I mean that's the thing that's going up in flames. Yeah, but oh, on the the, the the crisis on the border, when I said it's all shooting war. Mm-hmm. The the cartels mm-hmm. are actually in an all-out shooting war with the border patrol. They're firing on that. border patrol stations. Yes. So the big issue is the border patrol is trying to, of course, stop the trafficking across the, of drugs. But the biggest one, the, their their biggest money makers for cartels, yeah. isn't drugs. Nope. They make half a billion dollars. Yes. Um, a month. Yes. I think it's a half a billion dollars a month on the average cartel trafficking 
Humans. Yes. To and from the United States. Humans. Yeah. And I'm not saying And that's a wide array of of reasons why they do that. And that's not that's not just people I'm not talking about trafficking people like, oh, you know, they they want to come up here and have a good life in the United States. No, right. right. They're trafficking them for like the sex trade and for all the other things for slavery and everything else that they use them for. Yeah. They are being trafficked. And this is men and women. This is men and women, kids, adults. Yeah. All that I don't I haven't heard I don't I don't know the stats on uh, anyone in the elderly cage, but it's definitely right. I couldn't find any. And recently, there's actually been a uh, an uptick in uh, like uh, Native American women being disappearing out of some of the central northern central states. Wow. Yeah, that's been it's like doubled in the in the last uh, last few months. And so, any specific reason? uh, They haven't identified a reason yet, but they think it's just because the uh, they're 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 connecting it. To the weakness of the presidency and the border issues, yeah, that it's easy to traffic them. They're they're, they're basically taking advantage of the season. Yes, and so um, that's that is a major issue, and it's this is everybody's so hyped up about slavery. Yeah, um, but yet they we fail to talk. see, and this this isn't slavery that affects you know uh, black or Indian. Keep, keep on. It, it it affects every basically affects all colors. It affects all colors. All colors doesn't matter. Yes. Yes. All genders. We don't talk about this slavery. Gender and race do not matter in this point. Yes. Everything is there. Yes. And so this is something that everybody can connect you on equally. Yes. And I and I think everybody can come onto the common ground to say, yes, this is an issue that we can join in together to try to fight. And then I, I finally something we can agree on, right? Yes. But yes, we can agree on this, guys. The sex industry mm-hmm. is a... Billion, billions, billions, billions of, of dollars in industry. I can't talk tonight. Industry. Um, so do you see that going away? Because there's a lot of people it's serving. You I, have I to. I don't see it going away. Um, and that's something that's going to happen. Because, But the thing is, we can fight it by reducing it, uh-huh. by hardening our borders. And all countries should be hardening their borders. Because if they can't get in a, in a traffic them from one country to the other. Yeah. That's going to reduce that portion of it, mm-hmm. and it, it re- it, that's where the biggest portion of it is trafficking across our, gotcha. our borders. And so, by reducing that and putting a lockdown on that area, that allows the our own countries to start focusing inward, as well as starting to you know deteriorate it in our own country and stopping it there where we can. Yeah. And so, well, I we we know that um, that the. Uh, that the border crisis, I mean, it's the, the trafficking of the of people across the border and that, that crisis there, that's never truly going to fully 100% stop. But why don't we take it down from uh, ha- uh, half a million people a month down to, you know, 10% of that. Down, yeah. Knock 90% of that down. Yes. You know, anything. Say, say 450,000 people, yeah. you know. And anything I, I, is better than doing None that. of these numbers obviously are, are solid. But I'm saying we could, if we, if we cut that border issue, that's going to stop a lot of those problems. Mm. Mm. Well, reduce a lot of the problems. Reduce. So, reduce. So that's another good reason to have yeah. some type of border patrol. A border patrol, border wall. wall. The wall is, and mm-hmm. the, the, there's a good, if, you need, if people ask, well, what do we need a wall for? I, I see no better example than exactly what you're seeing right now on the on the border. Because so that's a humanitarian crisis. It's, a, it's, it's been. It's a humanitarian crisis, yes. Yeah. And the thing is, it's we've allowed them to come into the United States mm-hmm. uh, by just walking across the border, you know, and by now there there are there's a there's a shanty um, camps all on our, all along our border, and and especially in this one area um, uh, where it's under that overpass, yeah. there's yes. thousands and thousands of people there. It's, it's, yes, isn't it uh, El Paso? Uh, I think it's El Paso, but um, yeah, there's, there's, the other one, there's actually other ones popping up in different parts yeah. of the country too. Mm-hmm. Um, lots and lots of immigrants under. Yes, that exactly. And um, I get like a lot more Haitian things like that. They're yeah. trying to get out there, and I mean a border a border wall will at least stop them from being in our country and stop the trafficking. But um, I want to make sure that we don't conflate yeah. that humanitarian issue with, with with the other issue we're talking about. Absolutely, and that, is the, that is the half a billion, uh, half a million, sorry, with a uh, half a million people traffic each year across the rest of our border. I was going to say including including Canadian border. The Canadian border, but it's not just the borders. Mm-hmm. I'm about to talk about uh R. Kelly. Oh yeah, go for it. Okay, well R. Kelly, I, I was going to bring this up. By the way, uh check last week's um um uh, show. We had Jay on and he talked about the border. 
oh, yes, and being did. at the border. So you want to check that out. I oh, think yeah. And it, it rolls up nicely to what we're talking about today. So. Absolutely. And, but, you know, uh, Joel, the other thing is um, so we have a lot of our viewers that are from Texas. I would love to get some people who are from, I'm calling you out, Texas. <laughs> I love some people who are in Texas near the border to channel in on this conversation. Oh, please do, yes. Because we want to know what it's like firsthand. We yeah. hear this through the airway. Uh, so even it's going to help so, If they're down there on that border directly and we can get those actual um, like photos and things. Yes. Oh, please send them in. We'll, we'd love to put them up. Just send us in with an email to backwardsbrothersllc at gmail.com. And then just give us, say, our permission to use it and give us, our, give us the photo. Yeah, because you know everybody's moving down to Texas. So we know some people from Estacada here moving down to Texas. So if you're watching us, you better be reporting it. Not to mention, we actually we actually have a lot of viewership that comes out of Texas. As well. Yeah. So, so um, in the actually the shooting that I mentioned earlier, that was a shooting that was done in Texas as well. Um, but I just put that in. Yeah, Mister, I believe I can fly. Mister, I believe I can fly was convicted um, actually a couple weeks ago on nine counts, and he had nine counts against him, um, which is a significant move um, on their part. Uh, actually, the Me Too movement helped bring this back. Uh, into it, bring him to justice, and so I want to give that credit there. But um, uh, this was a, an attack on black uh, women, uh, especially in the music industry. Um, there was a this was a sense of finality by him br being brought to justice um, and seeing justice served. Um, women said that the singer abused them. And this began early in the 1990s. So this has been going on for a long time, Joel. Uh, and a lot of people go, well, why did it take three, almost three decades for this singer to come uh, to criminal punishment? Well, they have some hypothesis as to why it took so long. The industry, one, the, industry, uh, the entertainment industry is an expensive network of enablers that allow him to stay concealed. He had a lot of confidants. He had a lot of employees in the music industry well, um, that were concerned about him. Wasn't Epstein kind of along the whole area there? Absolutely yeah. Epstein. Yeah. Absolutely Epstein, um, which they didn't intervene on his behavior. The second one is, uh, the, according to the New York Times, the government um, drew attention to what was going on and described it as uh, a settlement factory uh, that kept his accusers from actually confessing what they were going through, oh, uh, keeping like, them quiet. Hey, here's $50,000. Yes, offering money. Mm -hmm. gotcha. Yep, yes. Uh, and these, this, these evidences of Mr. Kelly's uh, payments uh, were also brought up in, in the courts as well. Um, he made, actually, he exchanged um, money for them to keep their silence. So he was able to do that. And the third one, real fast, uh, Mr. Kelly used uh, henchmen. Now, you know what henchmen are? Oh, yeah, yeah. Gui Vinny and Guido. Yeah, Vinny and Guido to lodge threats against them of revenge. Uh, he blackmailed these women, uh, made them feel fearful. He took photographs of these women. He also embarrassed them or threatened that he would embarrass them with d disclosure of this information. Uh, so he really played on their fears. Um, and lastly, he threatened them with some type of physical harm if they... Uh, proceeded to go forward. Um, now, of course, if you're going to hear a uh, conversation about this, you're going to also hear a left conversation. Mm -hmm. um, the left, they're saying that there's some cultural factors that may have helped Mr. Kelly get away with this um, behavior. Um, he, they actually say that one, e experts, and I don't know who the experts say, but black women are have been historically um, thought of and accused of sexual misconduct um, and distrust, and therefore they should be ignored. That was the first one. So uh, in that type of ministry of R. Kelly, when he, you know, he, I guess he didn't help that a little bit, but... I, I, I disagree with the fact that say, it's just black women. I think uh, a lot of women that are, are heavy in that industry probably have, carry that same connotation. Yeah, um, it's not right, but I believe it's. I believe it's. It doesn't matter what color you are, you're gonna get that same kind of commutation. Just like they say, you know, oh well, Asian uh, girls are supposed to be more uh, sexual and all that type of stuff. But European girls are this or that. Yes, it's. It's a. It's. They might say it by a cultural area, but in this case, I think it's. In this case, we're talking about the industry. Girls in that industry, um, you know, are 
more carry them more of that connotation. Oh, they're they're easy. They're just they're just there for the money. They're there for the fame or whatever. Yeah. And so they'll do whatever it takes to get there. Right. And so that's I think that's I don't think that's specific to race. I think that's just specific to the actual industry that they're hanging around. Uh, roadies. Roadies. Is that the call? Yeah, roadies. Well, okay. and and I, I actually I wouldn't even make this a black and white issue. Most of the listeners to his music were African American, black. Mm-hmm. Uh, and black women, and so he he did have a lot of songs that were sexualized, um, but um, and so he knew what he was targeting. Yeah, he knew who he was targeting. Uh, an abuser is not gonna uh, not going to go after someone who knows who they are. They're going to go after someone who idolizes them. Yeah, um, which you know, actually, we're going to talk about Stockholm syndrome later, and I can't wait with our guests. Um, but some of this, uh, there was a person who uh, actually further push this idea of black women by saying our reality as a black woman in society uh, just uh, in the view of black women are saying that uh, these girls these girls are discounted as credible mm-hmm. um, and because because of their race their blackness one of our viewers is saying uh, yep when you have money you can get away with more which is another area that they uh, need to stop don't matter who you are you should be put in jail. Yeah. So. I, yes. Yes. Um, Mute R. Kelly um, was uh, another campaign that started um, that assumed that a 15-year-old, uh, and from this, there was an assumption that a 15-year-old black girls had the cognitive ability to manipulate and grow and groom men. So that was another accusation. Um, that black girls had the 15 year old black girls had the ability to manipulate and groom. I, I don't think men. that they have any more ability than any any other girl out there. Uh huh. So I I mean, everybody everybody wants to make things everything about race. Mm-hmm. But let's stop looking at race. Let's look at culture. Let's look at culture. Because culture Talk about that. culture isn't about race. I mean, especially not when you look at the United States. Culture is about culture. It's it's the area you live in. So for example. If you were from, I don't know, New York, your culture is going to be slightly different than my culture over here. Come on. Yeah. Yes. And the rap culture is a culture. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's all about culture and the way that kind of that that people be brought up in. And so if if you've been growing up in that culture, you're into that culture, you're going to have a different uh, perspective view. You're going to have different, uh, maybe even a different, um, I I don't want to say morality level, but uh, what's what I'm looking for? Like where you may be okay with some things that other people aren't. Yeah. Um, so, you said it, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... Um, it's interesting, though, Joel. It's about, I think it's about culture, not about, not about race. It's about culture. And so, I mean, so often I think it's on everything, really. So. It is. It's about culture. And actually, I would agree with you on that one. Here it is. If a 15-year-old has... And I'm talking from a counselor. If a 15-year-old has the ability to, to manipulate a grown man, and the grown man knows he's grown, mm-hmm. then it's not the problem with the 15-year-old. It's the problem with the man. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's not a democratic um, talking point. I'm sorry. I think that that, I just, think that's an accountability issue. Is that, uh, yeah. Yeah. Is that uh, you know any anyone who says that is trying is removing trying to remove the accountability on who's actually accountable, and that's a big issue with our accountability. With, our, with I'd say our cross culture across the, the United States is accountability issues. People don't want to be accountable for their actions. They want mm-hmm. to blame shift or they want to ex- try to excuse it in some way. Hey, when you do it, you do it. Fest up, move on, say I'm sorry, and, and learn from it or something, or change. But people don't want to change. They want to just be a blame shift and do it again. I will take it back to what we talked about then. Mm-hmm. R. Kelly, there's a picture that's going to go up. He's talking to Gail King. Uh-huh. And he just has a fit. He's like, man, I didn't do that to those women. I didn't do them. I didn't lock them in the closet, which was one of his songs. I don't recommend it. You listen to it. Uh, I think he was prophesying about what he was doing in there, actually. Um, but he was just get throwing a fit and claiming his innocence and dot, 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 dot. I'm blame shifting. Mm-hmm. There was no accountability for him. And that's why he was able to get away with it. And People turned a blind, blind yeah, eye. Yeah, and it's... I mean, people need to. He's not, a star. It's not only. It's not only that. That um, we need to hold ourselves accountable, mm-hmm. and our friends and family need to hold us accountable. But also, I mean, we we as society need to be able to hold people accountable too. Now, does that mean that we cancel culture all that type of crap? No, it just means that. Thank you. You know, let's it means, not get it conflated with accountability culture. Accountability culture is not cancel culture. Exactly. Exactly. Accountability. Is say, hey, you screwed up. You know. Fix it. Let's move on. Yeah. So, but so are not, you saying buy R. Kelly's music? No. 
in this case, sometimes screwed up means that you need to go to jail. Mm. You know. Well, no, we didn't say that about going to jail. Should we buy R. Kelly's music? Because he's no, no, in jail. No, no, no. I'm saying is oh. it, the account, uh, accountability culture is you hold them accountable. Right. They've been held accountable. But not cancel culture. You can, yeah. you cannot, you don't have to cancel and, him. And we're getting into a whole other conversation of levels which, there. Yeah, we, we talked about cancel culture. We should, we should, we should talk about that again another time. So, yeah. Um, but well, yeah, I'll wrap up this segment by saying the after the uh, New York jury convicted R. Kelly on all nine charges against him, the federal prosecutors uh, had a simple message for the people who testified against him. And you know what they were? What's that? Thank you rest my case cool and you know what that's a perfect time to put us right into break time awesome hey guys we're going to go to break um when we come back we're going to have a special guest on with us to talk a little bit about uh some of uh their experience and some of their um their views when it comes down to the this crisis that we're dealing with here not only this on the border but like uh, all, all over the world yeah and so um stick with us um and we'll see you here in about five minutes thanks something that's in your way that's telling you you can't do it look for a way that you can do it um, a good example in my life would be um, with my illness I have lupus which is a pretty severe illness it could mean a lot of things it could be fatal I've been told my whole life I can't do things when I was a kid they told me I would never make it to my teenage years once I made it to my teenage years they told me I wouldn't make it out of my teenage years without being in a wheelchair permanently as an adult, I was told that I'm lucky to be alive, I'm lucky to be walking. I'm still walking with a cane, but I'm still walking. I found ways to show the world that even though you're telling me I can't do this, I'm going to show you that I can. A lot of people would say that somebody in my position, in my condition, wouldn't be able to do work, which I don't work in a job that pays me, but I am a president of a nonprofit organization. I work every day. I've found ways to take what I'm told I can't do and turn it into I'm going to show you that I can. And I think that's something super cool um, that I've been able to do because I had the right support system in my life. I have God as my foundation who's always been there to be my cheerleader basically. Um, and I found the right people to surround myself with. People that will support me in everything I do. They um, cheer me on and they don't wrap my life in negative. They wrap my life in positive. And the more positivity you have around you, the more love you have around you, the more you can do. If you think of your world as a big obstacle, then it's gonna be a big obstacle. If you think of your world as open doors, then there'll be open doors. It's all about what you perceive it as and what you're gonna look at it as. And that's I think the most important thing is that you can change your world with your perception of it. You can change how you react to things. And that's that. Thanks for taking a minute. We'll see you next time.
We're going to talk about some of the psychological effects of um, sex slavery. And this is, um, and actually we have a special guest coming on with us. Um, so we're glad to have her here. Her name is Brandy the Amazing Lit. Key. I finally got it right, sis. Yes. And I call her sis because she's like a sister to me and my brother over there. And some of you guys may have known or have seen her on camera. We, we, we call her as a, the Backwoods Wives. Yes. But one we, of them. One, one of, of them. them. Yeah, one of the Backwoods But we wives. also call her on a good day, Your Highness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I usually call her yes, dear. <laughs> yes. No, you don't. <laughs> there's a lot of victimization and there's a lot of psychological effects uh, that can happen, that can lead to a serious emotional um, mental health. And you know, that's really dear to my heart is the emotional uh, mental health of refugees, of mm -hmm. those who are uh, a part of, uh, of sex slavery. Some of that is post-traumatic stress, depression, even substance abuse uh, and narcotics and eating disorders as well for some of the women and men who have dealt mm -hmm. with sex slavery. And uh, Brandy, I thought you would be um, a perfect person as a woman to just speak to some of the psychological effects of that. Sure. Um, I think there's a lot of misconceptions. There's a lot of people that say, um, you know, I can speak on um, abusive relationships abusive. because I've experienced that um, before, Joel, obviously. Um, I grew up um, kind of not really feeling great about myself. I had a really low self-esteem. And so my first serious relationship was a very abusive one. It started with um, the nasty comments. Um, at the time, I was like a normal average sized girl. Um, there was not an ounce of extra fat on me, yet this man was able to make me feel like I was the fattest cow in the world. And he broke me down. He knew exactly what to do. He broke me down to that point where I thought I, nobody else knew me but him and nobody else would want me but him and that kind comes with not only did I have low self-esteem because the way I kind of um grew up I was sick so I grew up with an illness um that you know sometimes if you grow up some people grow up sick and they're very very strong um I had to become an adult to be that way so at the time he I really believe men like this or boys like this can um, sense when somebody is weak and they pick on that and they push you down and they bring you down to that level so so low and then you know I would always make excuses like he's never gonna actually physically hurt me he's never gonna do that um, and so I stayed and it turned into a physical abuse and I stayed and it turned into sexual abuse and I stayed and I think there is a very big misconception of for one, um, a woman who stays wants it, and that's not true. Um, a woman who stays is weak, and that's seriously not true. Um, and people don't necessarily understand why they would. Um, for me, it was a lot to do with self-esteem. Uh, I didn't realize that I deserved better. And then once I had gotten to that point, he made me believe that that was all I was worth. I was only worth that. Well, yeah, and to um, dispel some of your some some people's excuses or reasons or to put behind it, you came from a, a good solid home. Yeah, yeah, mm. I came from a mm. Christian well, home. Mom and Dad were together my whole yep. childhood. Um, you know, we went to church every three three days a week. Um, I was in the youth group. I was a Christian. I've all, I've been a Christian my whole life. I had a youth group to run to to talk to, and I still didn't tell them. Um, I had friends that never knew what was going on. Um, Did your faith, since you said that, give you an idea somehow that you needed to be faithful to this man? Sometimes. A little bit. Kind of. I mean, my faith was there to help keep me going, knowing that, like, a small part of me was like, God wouldn't want this for you. You need to get out of this. Okay. And another part of me was... Well, if this is your person, you need to help him through this. Mm. You need to you need help, to him, help learn him learn how to not do this. And so it's kind of like an internal battle of do I stay and be faithful mm -hmm. and help him or do I run and find what's worth it for me? Luckily, um, I had a – it's funny because it took a friend that wasn't a Christian to tell me 
you need to get the hell out of there. And she helped me. And How did she help you? <laughs> so, <laughs> so this story is a little colorful. Um, but there was a night, it was, he knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's the only time I've ever hurt somebody. Um, it's the only time I've ever touched, physically hit somebody. Um, I was, I was house sitting with a friend of mine. Um, her name was Brandy as well, which is really funny. Um, if she's out there somewhere in the world, hi, thank you. Um, I don't know her anymore, but she saved my life. Um, we were hanging out. He was supposed to be there. It was some sort of holiday. I think it was Valentine's Day. <laughs> and he showed up, came home. Like, we were kind of all hanging out there for a month or so. He came back drunk in his car, but this girl was driving his car. Now, the backstory to this girl is he would use her against me. He would... We'd go to parties and he'll rub her shoulders and be like, you wish you were her. And like, uh. he would really use her against me. And so I didn't like her. And I always, I blamed her instead of him. Mm -hmm. He, she was driving his car. He was wasted in the back seat. His pants were around his ankles. It was pretty clear what was going on. And at this point, my friend had spent the last three hours saying, you deserve better. You are stronger. You are better than this. And I walked down the stairs and I just punched him right in the face. And I said, I'm done. And we took him drunk, sent the girl home, told her to get out. My friend said, you better leave before it's you. Put him in the car, drove him to some parking lot. And, you know, this is at the time when you can lock people in their cars. Um, locked him in his car, threw his keys in the trash and left. And then the next morning I saw him trying to struggle out of his car. And that was the end for me. I was able to say goodbye and be done. Now, he wasn't done, but I was able to be done. Yeah, um, and I recall, uh, how far did he follow you, and how long? This was in Las Vegas. Um, I had several, several, I had a couple relationships after him before I met you. I had moved to Oregon from Las Vegas, Nevada, um, and I had made it to Oregon, and I hadn't heard from him for a little while, and this is when I met you, and then all of a sudden, he was calling my work, mm -hmm. he was showing up at my apartment, mind you, I didn't tell him or anyone he knew where I was. He found me thousands of miles away in a totally different state where um, my work was, where I lived, everything. And he was claiming to be my fiance. I mean, it was really scary. Luckily, I had, um, at that time, I finally had met Joel and we had him. He, he stayed with me and watched out for me and it was scary. Speaking of that. Um, I know Joel. Joel said we have ten minutes, but um, <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you how. So it, it sounded like along the way, your friend said, "This is who you are." And for an abuser, the person who's abused, every sense of individuality uh, and uh, is t and independence is taken away from them, Absolutely. where they are totally married and enmeshed with their abuser, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So when she began to tell you who you were, you began to believe it. Going into another relationship as awesome as your relationship with Joel is, how mm -hmm. did you flip the script in your mind? It took me a little bit because luckily I had a couple of people before Joel. Mm -hmm. um, my other relationships before him, one of them was also abusive, but I was able to cut it before it became physical. Um, and then yeah. the other one um, right before him was the same. They started, they were great for a while and they came from a Christian home and he was this really good Christian guy and he, you know, his family thought I was a bad influence on him, which was really weird. Wow. And he started, he did one thing that was emotionally abusive to me and I was done and I stopped it. And at that moment is when I found my strength and then meeting Joel. I mean, I got to credit him. He has taught me how to become a lot stronger than I was. He was always very encouraging of being my own person, telling me to F off if I'm being a jerk, you know, don't let me ever make you feel that way. And he's always been really wonderful. And you have no qualms about telling me to F off. When nope. You, when you joke. No. Um, <laughs> I don't. So, yeah. And, the, uh, and I, I want to identify why we had Brandy on and what she was yeah. talking about and how it connects back to, to the, yes. the, the sex trafficking um, slavery piece we're talking about. And what it is is a lot of people that are caught in that uh, sex trafficking they kind of go through the same thing cycle and you start mm -hmm. getting into uh what stockholm syndrome which we'll identify here in a little bit actually real fast while you're saying that brother and I, I know uh brandy brought the, the term stockholm to me when we were talking about this segment so yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And so we got a definition for you once Brandy's back at her, her master controller there. <laughs> um, and so, but the, um, the, it's important people understand that um, there's different kinds of uh, uh, parts of this, of the um, sex slavery and, this, and the, mm-hmm. and the, and the human trafficking piece. There's a human trafficking piece where it starts out as something like this, and and then they eventually get pulled into something else. Um, R. Kelly's a good example of that. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's there's the ones where they're they're snatched up and they're taken, but they they go through the same process mm-hmm. to break them down mm-hmm. and make them think that their world and they basically control the influences on their world. Yeah. And so therefore they yes. leave what's being told and what they're seeing. Yes. And they don't realize there's more outside that box. Mm-hmm. The big part of that is they do, I mean, in abusive relationships or in trafficking, um, they make you feel like your world is that person. That person holds the key to you eating, to you sleeping, to you drinking, to you surviving. Um, they become your entire world, your entire influence, your entire everything and you're so dependent on them that you will do whatever it takes to survive. Dependent and, on them. And the, the key thing is, whereas a healthy relationship is not the dependency on a mm-hmm. single person, but Ooh. but the exposure of the rest of the world to show the, your un, your unity with that person. Yes. Your, yeah. your, so that that's where... There's no hierarchy. You, 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 yeah, you, you don't have a hierarchy. It's, well, like I said, it's when you see the rest of the world, yeah. And you have you see all the other stuff out there, and you go, well, yeah, yeah I'm with this person because I want to be, yeah. because it's who they are, yes. and it's not what it's a choice. Told. It's a, it's choice, a choice. Not yes. A, this is all manipulated. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's that's the difference between a healthy relationship and something like this. So, yeah, brother Brandy, if you and we've done this before, but if you had a chance to talk to, and we're hoping this gets to someone, mm-hmm. if there's a girl who's in an abusive relationship. Um, if there's a girl who needs to get out of uh, sl- sex slavery, um, what words can you share with them? Um, my biggest thing is find the Aspire app. Um, it's an app that is, um, it's looks like a weather app or a news app um, that you can use and set up. It helps you get out. Um, you press a button and you have emergency contacts there that can help you find safety. Um, and it'll also record what's happening at the time. So it's a big deal. Um, the next thing I would say is find out who you can trust. Um, believe in yourself. And um, the most dangerous time is when you're getting out. So it, the most deadly time when you're in that kind of relationship is when you leave. So you need to have a plan. You can't just be, okay, I'm done. You have to have people there protecting you. You need to be prepared and have a plan. But know like, you're worth more than that. You're worth way more than that. Fight for it. Definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I know you have to get back okay. to what your your your, uh, your parts here. And, uh, <laughs> wow, I'm, I'm sure. tired of looking at the sky. Right. <laughs> I'll look at the exact same uh, exact same brother. Time. <laughs> Stockholm syndrome um, was a a, a, fra- a phrase that was uh, used. It's not part of the DSM, but it was coined in 1973, a year before I was born, and it simply is an emotional response. It happens. Uh, to some uh, in abusive or held hostage, hostage victimized relationships um, when they have um, no positive influences in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, they have no positive feelings towards uh, themselves, but they have positive feelings towards the abuser. So when Brandy was talking about a little bit, almost like she was in this situation to possibly help him Mm -hmm. that's possibly where some of these women with r kelly or some of these women who are um uh, in that uh, sex slave culture um think Mm -hmm. you know are or trained to think yeah and i mean i've obviously never never been in that that culture yeah but i've talked to some people who have actually escaped that culture wow um i talked to some you know been doing different mission trips when i was growing up and stuff and they, they basically what they the biggest thing that they do mm-hmm. is they break down their self worth. They break down their self worth. And the reason why they break down their self worth, and then usually they, in a lot of cases they get them addicted to drugs too. Yep. So they make them they yes. break down their self worth and they get them dependent. Yes. And so um, when you don't have a, a self value and you're with dependency, your only option is to go to the source that you can get that dependency fixed from, yeah. and that you feel is going to give you some sort of value. Yeah. 
Um, so I was going to say this too, real fast. I, you know, as you guys know, um, I was a minister, um, and uh, one of the things that I've learned if, in from uh, serving uh, my Jesus in in my faith is that the enemy is an abuser. Yes, he's an abuser. And when you know who you are in Christ, when you know who you are in him, that's when the abuser or the enemy fights harder. So when actually Brandy was talking about the most dangerous part, which I didn't actually really come to grips with until she said that, is when you know who you are and you're trying to get out. Mm -hmm. That is, I can see that because the enemy runs amok. Oh my gosh, what do I do? I no longer have control. Exactly. And it's all about control. For it's all about control. No, that's what it's, it's all about control. Yeah. And they're going to do what they can to maintain control. And that means they might press harder on whatever that control mechanism is. Yeah. Um, and at some point, if they feel like they lose control, they just cutting cutting it out altogether is, is a way to regain that control. Yeah. Hence is why there's there's a lot of um, murders and stuff in that, in that trade. Yes. So if you're in this situation, get out. I've heard of some flight attendants actually helping uh, some women who actually left messages in places like the restroom and said, I'm being held captive and they intervened and some things have stopped. So do whatever, be smart, yes. have a plan like uh, Brandy said. There there are uh, countless organizations out there and pretty much every city out there, at least every major city that um, you can reach out to. And, can we put know, that list up? Um, we'll find it. We'll post it on our website. Okay. Um, but it talk, it, it's, it's safety shelters. And so... Um, well, you, um, there may not be someone watching that's in that situation that's on yeah. our show specifically watching it, but you might know somebody that's in that situation. So it's good to have those resources yeah. to share. Yeah. So thanks, Brandy. Yes. Wow. So, not an easy story for you to hear, is it? Uh, oh, yeah. And I mean, I've heard it and I, I never like hearing it. Yeah. Um, when his, his last time was when, um, is when he, he actually called uh to uh the store that she worked in at the time mm -hmm. and i was sitting there with brandy and said oh this is her fiance to trying to get a hold of her and they, the store actually said one of their friends there said oh that's funny because he's sitting here with her right now mm -hmm. and then i think he drove by the house um i think it was a, a day or two later after that so he had actually traveled up there to find her so trump up up there to yeah find her. yeah and i think i, I think once it was Obvious, I was in the picture. Then he was, he was, yeah. he, he backed off. Of that yeah, point. she left that zero and got a hero. There you go. <laughs> left that zero and got a hero, and her hero was sitting there right there, and he was like, "Oops!" <laughs> uh, yep. Yep. In your face! Wow! 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 Uh, she's more my hero, anyways. That so. there you go, there you go. But um, yeah. So it's it's been um, it's been good, and I mean, and everything she said is spot on. And I think yeah. it's I think one of the biggest things is um, for people to understand the other side of it so they understand how to help those people. Well, I'm glad you said that because I have a couple of, if you are in that situation um, and you get out, you want to get counseling. You want to get counseling right away. Um, <laughs> you want to get treatment for post-traumatic stress, as I've talked about, can uh, help um, with those types of, of, of traumas. And you want to get those immediately um, also associated with recovery. You want to recover from that. Um, some anxiety uh, and long-term depression. Uh, psychotherapy also helps with that. Um, psychologists um, are, are there to teach helping coping mechanisms. Like Brandy already had those natural coping mechanisms. Like, you know, I'm, I'm going to get out. Um, I'm better than this. Uh, therapy teaches women that this is who they are. This is, you are strong. And men too. And well, men yeah, too. And yeah, let's, let's, but, not, let's let me clear. It's not just... yeah women that are in this no there's men there's there. men too exactly it's a little bit more difficult with men because we stubborn yeah oh exactly but it's, yeah. so there are but, yeah. men in the, so yeah it's not it's not gender like you said there's no gender there's no race no in this one this is no this is the problem that affects everybody across the world. everybody so, so um, when it comes to the border this is where we should all unite exactly this is the one this is something that i i can't see anybody disagreeing to want to argue on this point because this is something we all agree is a problem yes we all need to stop you know, there might be a little bit of disagreement on how to stop it. Right. But I believe most of those ideas out there will work all together. Uh -huh. So um, a couple of comments from our from our, uh, from our audience. Did you say customers almost? I almost said customers. Thank I'm you, customers. Audience, customer audience. <laughs> <laughs> from, our, from our audience, our awesome viewers. Um, it says, oh, and the pizza and bartender things were there are codes to use. Um, so there, apparently I think there's a pizza or a bartender code or something you can use? When you go to a pizza place, you order a special 
Oh, okay. So, according oh. to our, our, our film producer here, uh, Allison Brandy, she um, she says when you go to a pizza place... We should have her back on. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, right? <laughs> yeah. But she says there's, there's special drinks or special uh, pizzas you can order. Order. Signal that. Some places, some places do that. You can, you can um, order those special. Uh, you okay. know, uh, we have a, we have a, we've had a guest on here before. Uh-huh. Uh, we should have her on again. And yeah. She actually, um, she runs a local pizza place. It's actually one of our uh, customers on here. Absolutely. Um, and that's for Hitch and Post. And yes. That's Valerie. Valerie Valentine. Yes. Um, anyways, I want to ask her if she has one. I don't want to put that out there. What that is. Yeah. Because nobody else knows. Got you. But at the same time, I'm not sure how to deliver that. But I'm kind of curious if she has something like that. We'll be good. Some um, something to look for. A couple more comments. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about environmental effects that plays on people growing up? People being able to do bad things to others, not to have uh, to not have remorse, not to have remorse. Ooh, interesting. Environmental. Uh, so more like nature nurture. Uh, I think that's what I environmental. Like that's, yeah, I think that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, so, if I understand the question, it's uh, whether uh, environmental factors into play. Yeah, there there are environmental factors in play. Um, you know, huh, I meet with a lot of people who have been abused, um, and they were in an environment of an abuser. Guys, I want to say this. Um, I'm in this business because I believe everybody can change. Um, and 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 maybe I'm looking at it through rose-colored glasses, but I believe I know me, and I hope people believe in me that I can change some of my um, bad behaviors. So, um, I yes, there there's environmental factors, but what I ask that person to do is to get out of the environment. If you are tempted with drinking, you're not going to go to a bar. Exactly. So you're going to change your scenery. You're going to change your scenery. You change your mind. If your mind's changed, don't go back to the same scenery. But there are environmental factors that might sear a conscious to cause a person not to have remorse. I'm a heavy believer that no matter what happens, as long as a person has a co- like a cognitive ability, yes, they're responsible for their own actions. Yeah. So they get they get to make their own choices in the end. Like Brandy, she made the choice and she she. Gave herself justification for why she was there. Yeah. But in the end, she also made the choice to get out. Right. And so, um, well, every, every, now everybody in the end gets a chance to make their own choice, their own choices. Did uh, you say she made a choice to be there? Well, yeah, she gave her, she, she, to be in this, where she was, she made a choice, but she, she had her reasons why and her own justifications to herself why she was there. Gotcha. Why she stayed. Gotcha. Okay. But eventually she made the choice to get out. Yep. And so, um, yeah. And now, like I said, I don't want to completely discount all the other pieces, but mm-hmm. there's in the end, everybody has a it, the, the choice that they make is is their choice. Mm-hmm. So um, even even if you have a gun pointed at you, you have the choice to follow the orders of the guy with the gun, or you have the choice to not do it. Do you think some of these women actually that are involved in sex slavery uh, actually had a choice to be there, or do you think they were captured? Um, I think against you, their will. I believe that they they could be taken against their will. They uh-huh. could be, um, yeah, and that all that type of stuff. I get that. That mm-hmm. um, there's those situations, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that they have a choice to be in that situation. Gotcha. But they have choices mm-hmm. along those ways. So um, eventually, the the purpose of, of a lot of the human trafficking is um, like you know they try to turn something into prostitution, turn them into meals, mm-hmm. something into lots food. of promises. Yeah, lots of promises and, for a better life. And and, um, and this is one example. Mm-hmm. One example that. People could use, uh, when I say choices, right? Um, they have the choice to comply with what they're saying or not to. When they don't comply, you know, you know where that goes sometimes. That's yeah. Like, or they, they choose to. And I'm not saying that's the right choice. Yeah. Or what. I'm not going to even try to get in that down road. I don't know. Yeah. I do believe that everybody has a choice at some point to do one thing or the other. I believe that you can be so brainwashed where you believe there's no way out. And, and you know, and I believe that brainwashing is definitely a thing. You're still making yeah. a choice. I mean, the media is doing that right now. <laughs> We're all slaves of so, the media. Come on now. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah. But like I said, I, yeah. Ian, I'll use it the most extreme situation out there to, to give. So even yeah. in the most extreme situation, yeah. a guy with a gun is holding you. Say you either push a button or I shoot you. You have the choice to push a button or not. Right. So, or even if it's if you have your your uh, your daughter here, and I say you push the button or I shoot your daughter. Oh, I'm, I'm pushing that butt. Well, I'm saying you still have the choice. <laughs> but I have the choice. The, the per- yeah, the I know what you're saying. Choice. I know, yes, the choice. And, and, and I'm no. trying to say there, there's a choice there. Uh-huh. Now, is it, always, is, it ever, is it always a good choice? No. Yeah. Sometimes it's a crappy choice. Right. But um, Sometimes you just don't know until you get there. Exactly. And I'm just, what, the whole purpose of what I'm trying to say about the choice is, mm-hmm. is that 
um, either a you have a choice that either leads you to that situation, yeah. or you have a choice in how you how you uh, work through that situation. What I want to end up at. I'm interested also in the recovery of these women. You know, I might say something unpopular, um, and with with a lot of guys, but um, I deal with a lot on a daily basis of men who delve into pornography, and I'm not shaming men who and women who are into pornography, but uh, at the same time, we, I, I, we have to look at how far back that uh, effect goes. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at pornography, some that person that you're looking at might be there against their will on that screen. It's very possible. And so um, it's days. just a, yeah, it's just kind of a being mindful of when you're watching something, think about what it took for that to end up on your screen. Exactly. And these days, so much of that, I'm sure, comes from... God knows where. I mean, yeah. and uh, I doubt that the porn industry is making that big of an effort to stop it when they're making no. hundreds of billions of dollars a year on that type of stuff. So yeah, but if if men or women are struggling with pornography, there's help That's, for them too. And let, let's just let's just be very clear too. The, when we talk about the the, the sex slavery and, the, and sex trafficking, yeah, uh, it's um, not just limited to them. It's not. Yeah. Well, see, it's not just. It's not just the. Um, you know, that they're being taken and they're being sold and someone has them in a basement somewhere right. or they're prostituting on the street. Mm-hmm. There is a big portion of that. A, I'd say a large portion of that mm-hmm. is like online yes. pornography and stuff. That's, that's, that's a big portion of there, especially the underground stuff too. And kids. And that's interesting else. because the it's three, disgusting. the, yeah, the three sex venues um, are online in hotels and sporting events. Um, Those are the three. Yeah, let's see. I'm um, so uh, yep. And there's you know I, was, I want to roll back real quick to a couple of comments from some cust- uh, from customers. Again. You guys are customers well, today. I don't know why you guys yes. are customers. You know technically if they buy if they buy merch they are customers. Yep. Um, so uh, the something on here we're talking about uh, the choice and something that was actually said. Um, you have the choice and let's flip that choice to the other side of it now. The abuser. You have the choice to abuse or not to abuse. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a choice in there too. You don't get a free they, ride with that. They have a choice to to end that as well. Absolutely. So and so the choice goes on both sides of it. So. It does. It does. And I've seen a, some abusers in recovery, and they don't abuse again. So this whole thing of once you're an abuser, you can't change. Well, there's if there's a will, then you'll make a way. Um, so another some. comment is some stay with the with the uh, some stay because with the abuser because it's safer than escaping and not knowing where he is. Absolutely. So, because at least you, that's a good point. Because at least you know who, where he is. What's, what's that? Uh, what's that? Um, that song? I know who my enemies are. Well, saying, what's, what's that song uh, where uh, he, he like beats her and he gets to jail, but uh, he goes home, gets a shotgun, is waiting for him at the other door, and it's like, hey, uh, you know, he, he comes home. <laughs> you know, and he gets no. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I'm gonna go home and load my shotgun. That song. No, who sees it? I don't remember. I just remember hearing it on the radio a bunch. It's, it's a popular song. By the way, Joel's birthday is next week, um, October 18th. 19th. 19th. Or 19th. Oh, wait, yeah, some of your best friends should know that. 19th, but we're celebrating on the 16th, which is going to be so fun. So maybe as we're driving down there, you can show me that song. Yeah, I'll see if I can find it somewhere. In there. Okay, because we're going shooting, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> With one eye. Yay. Yeah. I'm going to be on the other side of a bulletproof wall when he's shooting. Oh, I remember that, bro. Uh, so he doesn't yeah. know. We're, we're gonna get blanks. He doesn't know. He won't. He won't even know. <laughs> well, know the difference as long as the kick's good. Uh, so, um, we got a question here. Um, I think uh, one. I say one. Sorry, one last question. Being, uh, I think the abuser uh, once an abuser, then that person is always at risk. I think that's a question. I, I, it wasn't really I, I think that's a point. Of course, of course. You know, um, an alcoholic is always at risk. Of becoming one again. He has propensity as a soft spot, whatever you want to call it. He or she, he generic. Um, so yeah, I do agree with that. Yeah, I do agree I, with another that. another point that was made here is actually a pretty big one that we haven't even really touched on. Uh, staying when your children are witnessing uh, or even experiencing the abuse is, is not the right choice either. So basically, there's that portion too of staying you, for the children. If you, you know, you may be there and you you may be able to handle what abuse is coming. But what about the exposure to those around you, like your children that might be seeing it? Absolutely. So that comes back to the environmental factor. Absolutely. Absolutely. The Uh, environmental factor. Yeah. And uh, it's a good wraparound. So good comment here. Excellent. Um, Excellent. Yeah. I mean, this is not an easy, this is not a simple, simple conversation. It's not. This is not an easy conversation. This is a hard one to have. But But that's why we're talking about it as being 
the the epidemic that's actually this is the true the epidemic epidemic the true epidemic this the true more, pandemic this killed this in this last couple of years has killed more people than covid yes yes but yes no one, but no one ever really talks about no it. one ever really and but we only limit slavery to a certain we to a sliver well it's they limit it to to what is what is uh fitting the narrative and what they want to push or an agenda at the time mm-hmm Let's let's stop talking about the agendas. Let's start talking about some real problems. And this is a real problem. We have drug crisis problems. We have the sex trade problems. We have we do have a homeless issue out there, and it's oh and yes, that's, that's a whole variety of issues. Yes, we have skyrocketing prices in our in our country and for food and other stuff. Absolutely, we have shortages on things. Yes, and yes, as as much as we may not all agree on it, COVID is a problem. Yes, yeah. But, you know, and I think the way we've handled it is, is, is an issue as well. And not to mention, there's been a skyrocketing violence in our cities. Absolutely. We, Portland. We, we, have, we, we have different yeah. um, different ideas on the cause or this president, this issue. But let's try to come together on some, some actual solutions. Not an agenda specific, not a political solution. Let's actually come to some real solutions to this. Well, and I guess, you know, that wraps around to one thing we can agree on as Democrats and Republicans. We agree that human life matters. And it's exactly human life matters. No matter who you are. Whether, whether human you, life matters. Whether you're black, brown, right. white, yellow, or an alien, doesn't matter. Yes. Well, I guess if, if you're... Well, if you're an alien, you wouldn't be human, I guess. Well, you know, yeah, aliens did come in. Oh, I think there's yeah. one in the White House. <laughs> I think he did come in. Um, the uh, we're probably gonna see a few here in October uh, at Halloween, but oh um, yes. But the uh, uh, the you, you hit it right on the head. Human life matters. Human well, life let's matters. Start, let's start at the core of that. Let, let's all agree on one thing. Yeah. Human life matters. Absolutely. Let's all agree on another thing that that when something is ending human life, that's an issue. Yes. And let's look at the biggest, one of the bigger things out there right now is human trafficking is ending more lives than most anything out there right now. Yes. That's one of the biggest killers. Yep. And let's, let's also look at you. What well, can we do about it? Not just, not just the death portion of it. Yeah. But when you, when you snatch someone from their home and you put them into that trade, yeah. that effectively ends the life that they had. Yes. That, that, that has stopped that road. And now they're on a whole new path. And that path is could be a destructive path. And it's not a path they're in charge of. Exactly. And so they're effectively ending a life there too. So there's a second very good kind of ending a life. Yes, sir. So let's not miss out as well. So. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But um, you know, we get really into our conversations. I love it. But we also run out of time quickly. But I gotta tell you this. Yes. I'm gonna go to the White House and have Kamala Harris read to me. Cause I really want to see the 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 moon. Um, and if she can enable that to happen and talk to me like I'm a four-year-old, yay! <laughs> hey, you know what? You know, we, we, got, we got a great picture of Kamala Harris. Is there one up? Uh, can we put... I, I, let's put up our picture. Let's put up the picture. You know what? Let's, let's put up our picture of Biden. Yes! These, these next are, to, these, these are the two people that are running our country right now. <laughs> I, I want you... Look at the picture when they come up. And then I want you to think about these are the people that are in charge. <laughs> Uh, see, I don't have nothing else. So I guess the word out out there is make your voice heard. Your voice counts. Your verse, voice matters. And I, I just, make your voice heard. Yes, definitely. I saw a comment that says, uh, stay friends with those that are in abused relationships so they have a contact. Save your peace. I'm rephrasing. Stay friends. Like, if you have a friend that you know, is in an abusive relationship, stay, stay friends with them. Stay in contact with them so they have attachment to the outside world. I love that. I love that. So, if you know someone who's in an abusive relationship... Um, also, I, I tell people, don't make promises. Mm-hmm. Don't make promises that you won't tell. Don't make promises that those, um, uh, those, those are, uh, you might, your, your heart might be, will be in the right place. I'm pretty sure to protect that person, but it's really not. Um, and so, uh, be that uh, person that you can be to that friend, um, be consistent, but don't make a promise that w- hopefully you won't keep because they need that support. Uh, and um, just a uh, the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Yes. Um, uh, I'm going to basically say it here. We'll put it up later in the link to the website and everything. But it's 1-800-799-SAFE. Awesome. Safe. 1-800-799-SAFE. Perfect. So, and um, there, you know, I'll put the, we'll put the website up here on the on the website. I mean, our Facebook here in a minute. Yeah. And um, it'll be uh, there's chats. You can talk to them right there. You can text them. You can call them. Yeah. There's lots of ways to get a hold of them. I think of emails and everything else. Yeah. So, 
but yeah, there's there's a uh, there's a lot of different things in there that you can you can um, you can get help on, or you can if you know someone that's in a relationship, it doesn't help for you to make a call. You have a voice, and the, one of the things I love about doing this show mm-hmm. is these times exactly where we get to give you support. Exactly, and, uh, we're with you. Well, thanks you guys so much for uh, spending time with us again tonight. Um, yeah. We ha- have a special uh, situation next week. Special situation? <laughs> I, this will be the first time for me. So, uh, I, I, crying I, brigade right here. Crying brigade. <laughs> I will not be here next week. Uh, He'll be on vacation. I'll be on vacay. And he does not even want to hear from me. Uh, yeah. No. Nope. Uh, His phone, wife said no. Nope. Phones off. Phones off. Phones off. <laughs> Um, yeah. But we have a special guest sitting in for me. Yes. Uh, you guys have seen him before. Yes. Um, should we tell him who it is? Or Let's we... tell him. Let's lock him in. We'll right. lock him in. If you're we'll watching tonight, well, you're locked in. Tommy, brother. you're locked in. This Tommy, point. you're locked Tommy, in. Tommy, you, you met him before. He was the uh, officer out of, uh, out of Gresham. Gresham. He's the Gresham police, police sergeant. No, he's a Gresham police association oh, yeah. president or something? President, uh-huh. I, I may have got that wrong, but... Um, we got it all mixed up, but you'll see him next <laughs> week. <laughs> he, uh, he will be here... Uh, Co-hosting. He, uh, yeah, he'll be here co-hosting with you next week. And, yeah. Uh, um, I, I, I might watch a show. I might not. I don't know if I know. Okay. Uh. Well, we're going to be on our P's and Q's because my co-host is watching. So we're going to make sure it's like like that. We want <laughs> your input. I mean, you guys, you're awesome. Man. I know you, have the, you guys have a great show. Thank so. you, brother. And have a good time on your vacation. Oh, definitely. I need it. We're, we're, we're leaving the state. Wow. Where are you uh, going? Um, we're going to go to Idaho. What's your number? What? So, what's your number so we can call you? No. <laughs> Turn that phone off. <laughs> this is where we are in real life. You know, so. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, we we I'm gonna be out of the state, and yeah. I'm gonna enjoy uh, well deserved. No, no restrictions. Yes. Are you gonna ski? I'm not gonna ski. I would love to see you on skis. So if I ski, I will ski and I in a bikini thong. I would not love to see you on skis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you go. I got out of that one easy. Okay, guys. Again, thank you for watching. Thank you for joining us. Please yes. like, share, and subscribe. Absolutely. Uh, tell you, tell your friends. Uh, punch the like button right now. You can do it. Just punch that like button. It's right, right there. Boop. And uh, you know, if you haven't done it yet, right, right below that is actually the subscribe button. Like right button. now. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't Boop. wait. It's also there's a subscribe button if you're on YouTube. Yep. And if you haven't yet, there's a follow button kind of over that way. Um, you can you can push and um, there's a share button kind of right there that you, you can push and then you can share it to all your friends. Um, Pick any four. Please bring bring in people and then yeah. there's a there's a link kind of over that way <laughs> that way it's actually a link to our website. Awesome. And then when you get on the website at the top you'll find where you can get to the store for merchandise. Absolutely. So okay guys I think I gave you a nice tour there. Yeah yeah <laughs> you did. All right uh, I'm gonna do it right now. Yeah cool. Thank you so much and uh, remember. Start Start a conversation. conversation.